This episode is sponsored by Law CPD, Australia's premium supplier of online continued legal education. Law CPD's professional development courses are all offered online, which means you can complete them anywhere at any time. And they are kindly offering Juggle listeners a discount of $25 off the next course they buy with Law CPD between now and until the 31st of October 2019. All you have to do is use the discount code JUGGLE25, all caps lock, at the checkout. They have a huge range of courses and they're not just for lawyers, so don't be scared off from that. The topics include working effectively with email, dealing with difficult people, leadership sins, and a whole bunch of others. I've used Law CPD for years to help me keep up with my CPD obligations, and I especially love that they can be completed online. As much as it's nice to get out of the office now and then to meet people when you're doing your CPD, sometimes we just need to get those points done, especially those ethics points, (laughs) and often they're left till last minute. So don't do that. Do them now. Do them online. Do them from anywhere at any time. I did one course this year when Harry was a newborn. I was one point down and I was coming up to the end of March deadline and I could just log on. I think I did it late at night. It was brilliant. So juggle 25 for your $25 off at lawcpd.com.au. If you want a satisfying career and a fulfilling family life, this is the podcast for you. Join me, Joel Lulovich, and me, Lucy Dickens, as we share strategies and advice to help you keep your balls in the air. Welcome to the Juggle Podcast. Hi, everyone. It's Joel Lulovich. And Lucy Dickens, and also Harry today, so he's (laughs) hanging out with us. Welcome back to the podcast. Thanks for tuning in again. It's always fun when we have Harry in the background, whether he's making cute noises or squawks, Lucy. I like listening to all of them. So long as he's not crying, it's okay. (laughs) All right. And today we have a special guest again, one of my favorites, of course, my sister, Katrina Alilovich is back with us again. And for those of you who are new to the podcast, like I said, Kat's my sister. And she's also a counseling psych with over 25 years of experience. So not only do I have the benefit of having her in my personal life helping me along the way, but I get to share her with all of you, which I love to be able to do. Kat specializes in working with women like us whether it's issues in the workplace or issues in your relationship. And she's also a relationship coach, helping those women who are asking themselves that question, should I stay or should I go? Because sometimes we get to that point in our relationship where the juggle and everything else is all just feeling a little bit too hard. And you start to kind of wonder about your relationship while you're there. Today, though, we're going to be talking to Kat about imposter syndrome, something that I have personally experienced. Lucy, me too. Yeah. (laughs) Still do. Still do. Not in the past. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. It doesn't really seem to go away, but that's one of the questions we're going to be asking Kat too. So welcome, Kat. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. Great to be here again with you all. Yes. (laughs) So let's start. What is imposter syndrome? So imposter syndrome is that insidious feeling of feeling like a fraud and the worry that you're going to be found out. So kind of living with that fear that it's only a matter of time before people find you out for the fake or fraud that you are that you're not as competent as you've somehow managed to have other people think, you know? So somehow you've been able to pull the wool over and that it's only a matter of time. And each time you managed to avoid that was just a lucky escape. Got it. Just listening to that just makes it sound horrible. (laughs) Before I found out that this was a thing that had a name, I thought that I was the only one who felt this way. But now I know that that's not true. So how common is this? 
really common. I collect stats and I've heard stats ranging from anything from 70% upwards of you know, high achieving professionals that suffer from it at some point, maybe not all the time, but yeah. So it is something that a lot of us here listening today, talking today, will have experienced at some point. And there's always those people that you look at though, and you think, oh wow, they've got it all together. They are so good. They're expert at what they do. They've just got the best life, blah, 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 blah. But it's those people too, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, and you never know what is going on in somebody else's mind and that's why it's important that we have this conversation so that, one, for the people that know that they struggle with imposter syndrome, that we can focus on some things that they can do, but also for the people that are hearing it for the first time that haven't heard that phrase. How does it show up? Well, we can talk about our own experience in in terms of, you know, it's showing up, but things like they go, I'm not really good enough. So it's that self-talk. Yeah. And the way that you understand your success is more like, I got lucky or yeah, I just managed to work for someone who gave me lots of opportunities Mm. and I got lucky. That's a big one. Mm. Attributing it to luck. Yeah. I was talking to Lucy preparing for this episode and the initial thing that straight away came to mind for me with imposter syndrome, it's an issue that I'm still dealing with, which is that whole idea of struggling to put myself out there with content, whether it's posting something on social media or a blog or whatever it is. Just that fear that someone else is going to read it and think it's rubbish. It holds me back. It's holding me back. Yeah. There's the element of perfectionism getting in the way there and you know that it's holding you back. But equally, there are also lots of people and and also, so Joe, for you, you kind of focusing on the things that you're not doing. Yes. But then there are other people who are looking at also what you've done to date. Yes. And focusing on that bit, yeah? So there are many people who are actually look like they're, you know, kicking goals to us, but internally they're still struggling with it, yeah? Yeah. Well, that's right. I have a lot of people who say to me, oh, you know, you're amazing. You've got this podcast. It's doing really well. You publish an episode every week, even sometimes when we forget to publish the episode, Lucy. (laughs) (laughs) But there's other things, absolutely. It's interesting the kinds of things that we sent or that we feel imposter syndrome about. Joe and I have had this conversation a few times about how we don't feel it in relation to the juggle. We can produce this podcast and we can share the message and we can talk about flexible work and we can do all of those things. Neither of us feel imposter syndrome in relation to that. But when it comes to our other businesses and Joe's law and my law related mm. career, we both feel it there. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting how you can feel it in different areas in some and in, and in not others. For me, I think it's about comparing myself to other people and saying I'm at this level and they're at this level and I'm no one can see me, but I'm holding my hands up at different levels here. Yeah. And until I get to their level, I'm not good enough. And so I just need to stay quiet while I get there. That's how it manifests for me. And meanwhile, that person is still continuing on. Yeah. So they're always getting further and further away, right? I mean, I'm always interested in, in this um this self-judgment and comparison to others. You know, it's like we've got this ladder in our mind and we're somewhere down the lower rungs and we can see people who are higher, you know, we judge them to be slightly higher up and then we see that the ones that are at the, what we consider the pinnacle. Yes. And our eyes most often on the ones that are ahead of us. But we forget, I think, sometimes too, that we may not be referencing the people that aren't haven't 
climbed so far as us, yeah? Mm. But at some level it's helpful in terms of we're aspiring, we want to achieve more, but we're not necessarily running a race that is about climbing on top of someone else and overtaking people, you know, and that's the kind of metaphor I think that this ladder, this comparison elicits. But it's more just, yeah, trying to come back to what's meaningful to me, you know, what Mm. feels important to me and where do I want to get to or what do I want to know that I've accomplished. A way that somebody explained this to me quite recently actually was in terms of this ladder. He said, Mm. well, you're not always stop focusing on always going up or always going down and find somewhere to benchmark yourself. So find, you know, these are the people who are at about where I'm at and benchmark yourself against them instead of always benchmarking yourself against someone who you perceive as being really far ahead. And that advice helped me quite a lot because it's, okay, I can do these things and this is the level I'm at. And yes, that's going to change as I go, but at least it kind of gets you started. And for me, it's helped to stop holding me back a bit. Right. That's good to hear. So from what we just discussed then, it seems to me that imposter syndrome is one, possibly holding you back from doing things like the examples that I was giving, or two, you're doing the things, but you're feeling pretty crappy about it because you've got all this self-talk telling you that you're actually not as good as you appear to be in other people's eyes. Is that right? Are they kind of the two ways that it shows up? Yeah. And the latter one, you know, the impact of that is lots to do around your mental well-being, your emotional well-being, because you're not experiencing the the success, you're not experiencing the joy that comes with, you know, I did that and owning it. It's always got the fear underneath that it's going to be taken away from me. It's not really me. That's not who I am. I just got lucky. What are some of the things we can do about it then? Mm. <laughs> Give us the answers, Kat. <laughs> Make it all better. <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess to make this make sense for people, they first need to know how imposter syndrome shows up for them. It shows up in different ways, yeah? I did a little ebook with a lot of summary of the, the information so people can go and read that. Yeah, we'll link to that in our show notes then. Yep. And they can read in terms of how it shows up for them because for some there are, you know, it shows up as, I've got to be the smartest in the room, you know. Others, it shows up in terms of everything's got to be perfect before I let anything out into the world. For some, it shows up, I've got to be able to do everything. So it's not just, I'm not just focused on one thing, but I've got to be across it in terms of work, relationships, home. That's an important step, but people can go and read and and do some stuff on that. And and other times, if you're working in teams and you're in charge of a team, it can work out that your imposter syndrome is having an effect on other people in a negative way. You might end up micromanaging or, you know, it might not be doing great for the culture of the team that you're in. So it's really important to work out what's the impact it's having on me, but also, you know, other people. Because at the moment, you know, I think the stories that we've talked about are that how it impacts you as an individual and how it might be holding you back as an individual. And that is a big deal. But when we're talking about doing something about it, we're not only talking about doing it for ourselves and getting out of our own way, we're also potentially getting out of the way of other people. It's interesting. I think about imposter syndrome as being something internal, you know, something that you're battling in your own mind. And I haven't really thought about how that might then affect a bigger team or other people. 
I think I might have seen that. And when I think about supervisors and teams that they manage and where you've got those scenarios where the people being managed are thinking, oh, my supervisor's not sticking up for me or my supervisor's not letting me do X, Y, Z. And I think potentially that might be because that supervisor is feeling like they don't have the power or authority or everything to stand their ground for that person because of the people who stand above them. Yeah. Interesting. So before we consider any what do I do, we really need to have that self-reflection, know thyself in order to make any actions that you take relevant. Yeah. But now we know that. Yep. (laughs) What are some of the things? Now give us the answers. (laughs) (laughs) You know how I always delay on giving the answers. (laughs) So first of all, if, if any of this is sounding familiar and you know that it's holding you back, The first thing is to make a commitment to stop and commit to consistently doing the things. It's not a one quick hit fix. There's that that word again, consistent. Yeah, (laughs) that take it away. You know, if we want to create any change, it's about doing it consistently. So one of the first things is knowing the impact that it has on you and just allowing whether that be it shows up in terms of anxiety or your body gets tense sometimes just using a simple acronym of stop s-t-o-p so s meaning stop t take a breath o observe and then p proceed with action like carefully thought out action okay and then the action might be focus on the facts so it's interrupting that negative style of thinking you have one thought yeah I'm not really good enough for this or somebody gives you some praise I really liked that article that you wrote or that piece of work that you did that was spot on and the words that immediately come out of your mouth were oh thanks but anyone could do that or yeah you know I really got a lot of help from so and so all the things that diminish your role in any success so One of the things might be, actually, I'm going to really make an effort to stop that verbal diarrhea and just stop and say thanks Mm. and let that sink in for a bit. Yeah, that was good. Do you reckon it helps if we call each other out on this? I'm good at the talking myself down and one of our friends, Clarissa Raywood, when we were with her about a year ago now, every time I did it, she said to me, you're doing that again, you know, take credit for that. You're allowed to give yourself credit for that. And that really helped me because I don't think I really noticed how common it was for me to do that until somebody else started calling me out on it. Yeah. And being called out in a loving way is really helpful. And behind that, it makes us think about why am I doing that? And some of the reasons why we stay attached to imposter syndrome, even though that sounds counterintuitive, is that we kind of feel like it keeps us humble. You know, like who would I be if I actually allowed myself to think, um, you know, well of myself or to give myself a pat on the back? Who would that make me? And sometimes our worry is that it would make us um, quite an arrogant, unlikable um, person. So we keep humble because then we're more likable or we like ourselves more maybe. Does that make sense? Absolutely. And now I want you to talk about the smile file. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Because I think it goes perfectly. So so carrying on with focusing on the facts, one of the things that you can do is make your own smile file. So it's a folder on your computer or it could be um, handwritten 
some people might call them testimonials. So if you've had someone write something really nice about a service that you provided uh, or if you've had an email from someone that just said, thanks so much for spending that time with me sharing what you know about that thing, it really helped. All the things where you know you've got positive feedback on a job well done, positive feedback on the impact that you've had on somebody else's confidence to do a good job, all those things go into the smile file so that when you're feeling a bit, you're running yourself down a bit, uh, you can just quickly go to it and read it and that just reinforces again, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm good at this. I, I can do this. This is what I do. This is what I know. I started doing that this year, actually. It was because someone had told me that I wasn't celebrating the successes enough and it was because I was, and I think commonly like a lot of other people, you do something good and then you're like, great, that's done, on to the next thing. So I just started keeping a diary and I've done it based on each month. And it, as something cool happens, like getting an article in the Herald Sun or whatever it is, I've written it down so I can actually flick back and say, oh, yeah, that's right. I got invited to be a guest on a podcast that month. That was really cool. So I can look back at that and, you know, remind myself that I've actually done some stuff this year as opposed to just sit constantly looking at what I still need to do on that to-do list. Yeah, because when you talk about it like that, it's relentless. In yes. Terms of, yeah. <laughs> There's always more to do. Yeah. It's really easy to be forward-focused all the time. So even if I don't take enough time when something good happens, at least I've written it down so then I can look at all of those things together. Yeah. I like that. I'm going to have one and I'm going to make it a scrapbook yeah. Yeah, just for fun so I can glue and yes. that's about as creative as I get is glue. <laughs> well, I, and another example that I've heard of people doing a similar thing is having a pinup board and every time yeah. they get something, whether it's an email, they print out an email or they get a card or some kind of note, they pin it up on the pinup board and they can then just look at the pinup board every time they're feeling shit um, and say, oh, these are all the good things. These are all the people that like what I do and like me and, you know, take value from it. Yeah, that's great. It makes me think about the practice of self-compassion. It sounds maybe not so practical, but there's always so much more to do. Yes. But when we begin to define who we are based on what we do, then we're in trouble. And the practice of self-compassion is a useful mindfulness, well, strategy, I guess, or a practice really. It's not a strategy but a practice that involves being to ourselves like we would to another, so being your own best friend, if you like. So when you're noticing that you're getting down on yourself or hard on yourself or critical of yourself or any other number of negative things, to, to step back and say, well, if my friend was doing this and they shared it with me, what would I say to them? It's not just about what you've done either and you don't have to have achieved things. Well, yeah, I can say that, but I know a lot of us struggle with it, you know, like we know <laughs> it, we know it to be true that we're not defined by what we do, but that's part of the problem because we think we're never enough and we have mm. to keep doing and keep kind of proving that. In your experience then with the women you work with, does this ever go away? It can do, definitely. I'm an optimist, but I, it doesn't just go away. Just It is something that some people will say, you know, with, with time, with age, with, you know, enough years under my belt, it's loosened its grip. But who wants to wait, you know, if you don't have to? 
Who wants to put up with all those years? And then just getting tired and thinking, I've got no time for this anymore. You know, like you could be 25 years down the track, but there are things that you can do to, to bring it on quicker. And then pass a message on because it's not like it's yeah. going to stop for anyone, mm. but to keep talking about it. Yeah. So have you got another couple of quick tips about what we can do about it? Similar things. So when you're thinking about what those, uh, reflecting on what those self-limiting beliefs are, actively challenging. So it's, it's choosing, it's recognising that you've got a negative thought that shows up a lot, but actively challenging it. And sometimes that might be just in your own head, but replacing a, a limiting or negative belief with one that is more accurate. Yeah. And similarly, getting clear on what your strengths are. So, you know, maybe you know what your strengths are when you've had your own self-reflection, when you've had enough feedback from friends, peers, to be able to, yeah, that's a strength of mine, to own it. I like that idea. I've, I've had it a couple of times suggested, you know, go and ask five friends to tell you five words that describe you or ask them what you're good at or something like that. And it's nice. It's a really nice thing for your friends and family to do for you, but it's also really good for you to read it. Totally. I remember back at school, there was a thing called, um, we used to do when we used to meet in groups called warm fuzzies. I remember warm fuzzies. <laughs> I never had warm fuzzies. What's warm fuzzies? So there's a whole story and you can Google it, but it's, I think it's cold pricklies and warm fuzzies. <laughs> I've not and, the other um, one. <laughs> so there's a whole story to it, yeah. But the activity that we used to do was write. So you're in a small group and you've got pieces of paper and you actively write something about another person that strikes you about them you know I really like how you know it might be something specific that you saw them do in terms of how you went and included that person in our conversation that was looking a bit you know out on the edge socially or you know I, I really like your laugh and anyway as a young person you know I collected went to several camps and collected several of these and I used to go back over them you know, pick them out and read them. They did make me feel good so there is something in the smile file and yeah. the, that connects us to how other people see us. I think that's really important to remember how other people see us, how people who matter to us see us because we don't want to get caught up in worrying too much about what other people think of us. Yeah, the people who matter. But, yeah, remembering that how other people experience us and the positive impact that we have on them is a lovely way to boost your self-esteem. Perfect. I think that's also a perfect place to end it. So what I'm taking away from this is that pretty much all of us have imposter syndrome, but there's something we can do about it. Mm. Feel the fear and do it anyway is what I'm taking. Yes. I've been saying that to myself <laughs> um, a lot lately, the plan it in and do it anyway. It's kind of been a refrain in my mind. Mm. So we'll see how that goes. But if you'd like to get in touch with Kat, you can find her at Mount Lawley Counselling Clinic in Mount Lawley in Western Australia, either for in-person appointments or also online. She does online stuff as well. So if you're needing a bit of imposter syndrome help or um, relationship coaching, then look her up and get in touch. But also don't forget the ebook that Kat mentioned about imposter syndrome and we'll link to that in the show notes. Anything else? No, but I will, yes, actually. Yeah, I am <laughs> going to do a, when I figure the tech out, I'm going to do a webinar a bit longer. Yeah on it and I'll let people know about that via, you know, if they sign up for the ebook, then they'll get notification of the, the online workshop. 
So it'll be a freebie. It's just a little bit longer in terms of being able to spend some time thinking about how does it show up for me. So a little bit of opportunity to make it individualized and rather than general tips. Yeah. Cool. So sign up for the ebook and then they'll get the email notification about where that's happening and how they can join. Yeah. Perfect. Awesome. Thank you. Thanks, Kat. And if you want to share your own examples of imposter syndrome or get a little bit of support, then come and join us in the Facebook community. You can find the links for that at the website, which is thejuggle.com.au. And Kat's in there too. I'm sure she would be happy to Mm. continue the conversation and answer some questions if you've got any. So Absolutely. All All right. Thank you. See you next week. Happy juggling.